1: Let me speak to Lisa Smith, who's from the Belfast Telegraph. She's a health correspondent. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Good morning. How are you? I'm um, very well, Lisa. Uh, ongoing action being taken by those working in the health service. Uh, first of all, just remind us of how this action will manifest itself today, Lisa.
2: Uh, There's a 12-hour strike by the Royal College of Nursing, so members are out between 8am this morning and 8pm tonight, and that's right across the health service. There are some services that have been derogated, such as emergency departments, so their members will be working in emergency departments today and Friday, and they plan strike on Friday as well.
1: This term beyond tipping point, the possibility that our health service could be pushed beyond that, uh, the health bosses suggesting it. Is that a realistic analysis of where we are?
2: I think some people might argue that we are already beyond tipping point. Um, We had the Royal College of Emergency Medicine uh, last week coming out and saying that we've not only gone over the precipice, the road is coming up to meet us and um, when you look at the number of people who are on waiting lists and um, we've got over three hundred thousand people waiting on a first outpatient appointment the stories i'm hearing from emergency departments are quite simply horrific you've got hundreds and hundreds of people waiting more than 12 hours on hospital trolleys and don't forget those figures only tell us how long or how many people have been there over 12 hours it doesn't give us the the, the actual final count on how long they were in an emergency department. I'm, I'm aware of some people who are waiting longer than 48 hours to get a, a bed in a hospital. Um, the nurses have reported you know, that they're, they're nursing people in, in single rooms with one oxygen point. You've got two people in that room. I mean, that that isn't safe and it's not acceptable. Um, and uh, you know we need action taken now in order to start to address these
1: issues That must be very difficult for a nurse and of course concerning for the patient if two people are in a little room that's meant for one person and the oxygen facility is for one person but the nurse has to keep an eye on both patients and make the most of the equipment that's in the room, That it's a prime example of where you wouldn't be confident.
2: Well, absolutely. But at the same time, it's, it's actually sadly nothing new. Um, you know, I had a, a personal experience 5 or 6 years ago now where my husband was nursed in a in a room which wasn't actually a, a room there was no oxygen available and um, the nurse there told us it wasn't safe um, she wasn't happy about him being there, but but that that is standard practice. You know, what, we don't have enough beds in the service, and uh, we have so many people who require hospital treatment. Again, the Royal College of Emergency Medicine has repeatedly called for more beds to go into the system. We don't have enough nurses. And um, sometimes there are beds there, but there just aren't the staff to staff them. And um, but again, this is this is all nothing new. It's just uh, finally, it's it's really hitting the headlines, and I think that's probably because the union's action has has brought it to the forefront.
1: Is there a possibility that there are people working in the health service who are? requesting too much in terms of facility that elsewhere around the world we can get by with much less now i'm not talking about third world conditions i'm talking about other leading countries are providing less for patients and our unions are demanding too much and dressing it up as health and safety or safety of patients or is that an unfair question to ask
2: Really think that, that I don't really think that that's the case. I mean, I've said this repeatedly. Anyone who has had any interaction in our health service at the moment in the past couple of months, um, in the past couple of years even, can see the pressure that the health service is under. When you have more than 300,000 people waiting on a first outpatient uh, appointment, you know that there's something seriously wrong. When you have more than 400 people waiting on hospital trolleys for longer than uh, 12 hours to get to be admitted or to be treated and discharged, there's something seriously wrong with the service. Um, There's no doubt that the service needs urgent reform, things need to be done more efficiently and better, but that will be for a health minister and when they become appointed, nobody really knows. Um, So until we get someone in place to make those kind of changes, the health service is going to continue to really, really struggle. So, yes, it is about... The the unions would like pay parity and that that will go some way to address the issues. But we also need this reform of the health
1: service as well. And and finally, patients are impacted upon again today. There will be individuals who've been waiting a significant amount of time for an appointment. There'll be people who were expecting to be attended to by experts today and that's that's not happening. Who is being impacted on? What, what What range of people are being disappointed today?
2: Well, I would imagine you've got people right across the service. But again... Um, i think public opinion is very much in favor of the unions for now anyway i certainly don't hear anything or see any uh, negative comments with regards to the nurses um, you know we've revealed in the paper today that the unions are now actually looking at the possibility of bringing out teachers and civil servants next month in addition to the health staff and they're even going to ask they're thinking about asking the private sector to come out uh, in solidarity with them um, but that's how seriously they're taking this and um, they believe that that's the next step that's available for them and they're basically saying that it's in order to save the health service.
1: And in the meantime the politicians continue to meet and speak are, are, are they under more pressure because of today or do you get a sense that they're politicians and they're thinking about political parties much more so than a nurse who feels unsafe in a ward or underpaid?
2: I think the politicians are coming under increased pressure to do something, but you know as well as I do, our politicians, um, I don't think they they respond to, to to pressure as quickly as we would like them to. Um it's difficult to see how they you know, why they haven't come to some kind of agreement. They've known for months now that these strikes were coming and um, the RCN were quite clear about the dates. I think as far back as November that this was happening. We've got until Monday to get to get an agreement in place. Otherwise um, Julian Smith has said he will call an election. If he calls an election, I'm not sure what the time scale for that would be, but we're looking at further strike action. Um, uh, and then who knows what, when that election will take place, who will be elected, and whether we get a health minister in place. So th- this could drag on for weeks, if, if not months.
1: Lisa, thank you very much indeed. Lisa Smith with the Belfast uh, Telegraph. She is uh, the health correspondent there. Uh, earlier uh, this morning, we were talking to Pat Cullen, uh, who's speaking to Gronya in our newsroom, who's uh, uh, leading the campaign as the trade unionist with the nurses.
2: Nurses cannot continue on to work under the extreme pressure that they have been working on over Christmas and the New Year period. With corridor beds, a a bed in every place, every place they can push a bed into. Some of our side wards that are to accommodate one patient have now got two beds in them, even though we've only got oxygen points and other um, emergency facilities within those for one patient. We have two patients in those rooms and it's nurses every single day and night that's trying to cope with that extreme pressure and ensure that patients are cared for as safely as possible.
1: Of course, not just nurses taking industrial action. Let me speak to Connor McCarthy from Unison. Connor, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Connor, you represent a, a wide range of, of staff. Just remind me who you represent, Connor.
0: Uh, well, we represent members. Unison represent members from right across the health service and all and all, all professions. And today and tomorrow, um, our nurses are taking strike action. Um, this is um, part of a. Uh, rolling. Strike action has involved many groups of staff in unison. This is not the first time Unison nurses have taken strike. Um, unison nurses have taken strike many times in the past. And tomorrow we'll see um, the nurses taking strike again in, in regards to this, this campaign from, uh, for 12 hours.
1: Are your nurses working today while other nurses are out on strike?
0: Yeah, our nursing members are in work today, um, in preparation for tomorrow, and they will be um, on their own time today, whether it be lunch hour, after work, before work, or or whenever they have the time, we'll be lending our uh, support and solidarity with uh, comrades in RCN on strike today by uh, going to the picket Lane showing support, and uh, as I say, we'll be taking our strike action tomorrow.
1: Do you feel you're making any progress?
0: Well, it all depends how you measure that. Obviously, um, I think now that certainly we really appreciate all of us do in the union and certainly our members do the support we're getting from the wider public and and patients and, and about our... Uh, um, action and w- why we're doing this. Uh, I, I, yes, it's a pay parity is a very important component of it. We see it as a very important element to to act as a stabiliser, to deal with the issue of recruitment retention in the health service, but it's not the only reason, and as I say, overall it's about um, funding for our health services and our, our public services in, in, in general. We do think, obviously, health workers, you know, the opinion of health workers are being used as a political football to elaborate to put intensify as much pressure as possible and storm it to, uh, to get back uh, together, however, it's unacceptable. The Secretary of State does have the power to address this through the funding. We accept we are a devolved um, nation, and with that it to an devolved family with the responsibility for health, but that's currently not the situation, so therefore um, the Buckley stops with the the Secretary of State to end this any can.
1: Now I'm looking at one of the headlines that Lisa Smith made reference to in the Belfast Telegraph teachers civil servants and nurses may coordinate devast- devastating strikes um, a reference to some strikes that may happen as this term goes past and even a call on people who work in the private sector uh, ordinary individuals working for uh, either multinationals or small companies to go out on strike uh, to call this or to bring this to, to a head can, can you see that happening? Can you see the support uh, for, for that?
0: Well I think that's um, an inevitable consequence in, in if austerity doesn't get addressed that's what happens. People shouldn't be surprised about that. Um, the austerity has been absolutely crippling um, the people here, and that needs the end. So the the proper funding of all our public services um, needs to be dealt with, and as I say, they need to be appropriately funded. Or the the system, where it be education, or be health, or any other system, should never be surprised when workers um, uh, fight back, and, uh, and society fights back in general about that.
1: Yeah, but but at some point will society get fed up with industrial action or? Because it's linked to the health service, will you, and I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not being flippant here, but will you always yeah. get away with it because it's the health service?
0: Well, no, Frank, because uh, I think it's the case of um, our strategy as one of being very measured. Um, we're dealing every single day on today and and every day, and this is what, suppose the political structure need to understand and the powers that be. they from November. We've been in uh, literally nearly every day, and with meetings with management colleagues to try and make sure that we're delivering a, a safe, effective strike in the sense where um, we're getting the balance right um, and keeping patients safe, and that's exactly what we intend to do. Um, I think down to your question. society's not sick or tired of people taking industrial action to fight back. Society is sick or tired of austerity, and I think that's a, that, that's what it's sick or tired of, and it needs to be listened to to see that there is a section of our societies that are certainly um, being classified as that one percent, while the rest are, are left to um, basically pick up the pieces of that. So, as I say, um, the sick, the sick, of, they're sick, certainly sick of uh, sturdy.
1: Uh, and finally, Connor, do you think the politicians are listening?
0: Well, we hope they are. Um, as I say, we really encourage them to continue to work together, to work in partnership and the spirit of cooperation and and, and find that common ground um for the interests of everybody here. Um we all have to take brave steps. Um as a union we do it uh, and and society people do it. And as I say, we just uh, we're not we don't wanna be here. Just overly critical or saying or blaming one part or the other. We just want them to collectively to come together, work in partnership, and do what's best in the interests of our
1: people. Connor, thanks for your time this morning. Connor McCarthy is with Unison. Uh, your opinions are always very welcome. Oh two eight nine zero travel three one zero five.